You're listening to the audio ministries of First Baptist Church of Troy, Texas. You're invited to join us for live and in-person morning worship every Sunday morning at 1045 a.m. Visit fbctroytx.org for a list of our activity times and family-centered community ministries. Now here's today's message. We're going to look at being thankful for an all-powerful God. I mean, folks, we, got, we need to think about this. We need to be thankful for an all-powerful God. I mean, there are people who worship gods that have no power. I mean, what power does stone have? What power does wood have? What power do drawings have? They have no power, yet people worship them. And they worship gods that are not all-powerful. We worship an all-powerful God. And last week we began, uh, again, our series of being thankful uh, leading up to Thanksgiving. And, and as I, I said last week, we have got so much to be thankful for, yet we take so much for granted. It isn't until it's gone that we realize what we had. And we weren't thankful for it at that time. We've been blessed with so much, but yet we never take the time to express thanks for it. Last week, uh, we looked at being thankful for each other. And I hope this last week you took time to express to others in your life how thankful you were that God had put them in your life. If you didn't, you need to. Because God has them there for a reason. And you need to thank them for that. And so this week, I want us to look at uh, another thing that we need to be thankful for, and, and we hardly ever think about it, and that's that, being thankful for an all-powerful God. In Revelation chapter 7, uh, it says, all the angels stood around the throne, the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell face down before the throne and worshiped God, saying, amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. As believers, we acknowledge that God is all-powerful. We acknowledge that He can do all things. But when's the last time you gave thanks like those around the throne do? That He is all-powerful. He is all-powerful. There's so many things that we can be thankful for when it comes to the power of God. So many things. But today we're only going to look at three. We're going to look at three that, that, uh, that we're going to look at giving thanks for as we consider His power. And what I'd like for you to do this week is to continue to give thanks for these three things that we're going to look at, but also add others as you see them and as God brings them to your mind. Give Him thanks for that. The first thing that we need to be thankful for, for an all, uh, uh, in an all-powerful God is this. Be thankful for the power of His words. Be thankful for the power of His words. When's the last time you stopped to consider the power of God's Word? Now think about that. When's the last time you stopped to consider how powerful the Word of God is? I mean, think about this. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. Then God said, let, the, let there be an expanse between the waters, separating water from water. And it was so. 
right? And then, then God said, let the water and the sky be gathered in one place and let the dry ground appear. And it was so. In the creation story of Genesis, we find God speaking just a word, just a word, and creation happens. And you might say, well, what's the big deal out of that? You try making something out of nothing, which is a word, right? That's what he did. The exonilio, out of nothing. There was nothingness around, and out of that, God spoke, and things happened. God said, and it was so. In Hebrews chapter 11, it says, By faith we understand that the universe was created by God's command. In other words, God speaking with just God speaking, so that what is seen has been made from things that are not visible. So powerful is God that in just speaking a word, it is so. Out of nothing, with just God speaking, the universe, and all of it came into being. The Word of God is powerful. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and all things were created through Him, and apart from Him, not one thing was created that has been created. The Word became flesh and took up residence among us. We observed His glory, the glory of the one and only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Through the Word, all things were created, and the Word became flesh. So that tells us that the Word is who? Jesus. And we see the power of the Word through Jesus, because Jesus is God. There you go, audience participation. You are doing good. I mean, think about this. By just His words, by just His word, Jesus has the power over the demonic. But Jesus rebuked him and said, Be quiet and come out of him. And throwing him down before them, the demon came out of him without hurting him at all. By just His Word, Jesus has the power over sickness. One man was there who had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew he had already been there a long time, He said to him, Do you want to get well? Get up, Jesus told him. Pick up your mat and walk. And instantly, the man got up, picked up his mat, and started to walk. By just His Word, Jesus has power over nature. They came and woke him up saying, Master, Master, we're going to die. Then he got up and rebuked the wind and the raging waves. So they ceased and there was calm. And by just his word, Jesus has the power over death. Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave where a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. And Jesus called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out! And the dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped in strips of linen and a cloth around his face. And Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. And with the power of God's written word, he convicts hearts of sin. 
For the Word of God is living and effective and sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating as far as the separation of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It is able to judge the ideas and thoughts of the heart. Folks, we need to be thankful for the power of God's Word. It's so powerful that His Word touches the heart. He convicts of sin and He leads one into a saving relationship with Him. This is the God we serve. How powerful is our God? With just a word, out of nothing, He creates the world and everything in it. With just a word, He has dominance over demons. He heals the sick. He controls nature. He defeats death. I don't know anyone that could do that with just a word, do you? No. And through the power of His written word, He convicts us of our sin and draws us to Him. And folks, I want you to think about something here. If He can do that with just a word, think of what He can do with His mighty hand. Let us be thankful for the power of God's Word. Powerful. Because God is all-powerful. We also need to be thankful for the power of His love. We need to be thankful for the power of His love. God's love for mankind is powerful. It's because of the power of His love for you and for me that we have the choice of salvation. Now notice I said we have the choice of salvation. We can choose to accept it or reject it. It's our choice. But the salvation is there because of the power of God's love. For God so loved the world in this way, He gave His one and only Son so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish, but have eternal life. And then, in the, I love the way the message has John 3.16, how it starts out. Now the message is a paraphrase, understand, it's not a true translation, but it says this, this is how much God loved the world. He gave His Son, His one and only Son. Think with me. How powerful would your love for someone have to be for you to give your only child to be sacrificed for them so that they would not have to die? How powerful would your love have to be for that person that you would give the life of your only child for them? Now you're probably thinking, there's no way that you would be able to do that because your child, the love for your child is so great. Yet isn't that what God did for you? God the Father loves God the Son. He loves Him. Yet the power of God's love for you and for me wanting us to be with Him in eternity, caused Him to give His one and only Son as a sacrifice for you so that if you choose, you can have eternal life. Have you ever stopped to consider the power of God's love for you? The only reason you and I have the opportunity to have our sins forgiven and to be with God one day is because of the power of His love for mankind, which includes you. 
It's a love so powerful that if we accept it, it moves us, it changes us, it transforms us. And it causes us to love Him more and want to share His love with others. The power of God's love is so great for us that He desires. He wants us to be a part of His family. Can you imagine this? You and I don't deserve it. We don't deserve it at all because of the sins in our lives, because of the things that we've done. But God says, I love you so much. I want you to be a part of my family. Look at how great a love the Father has given that we should be called God's children and we are. Wow. That's how much God loves you. He wants you to be a part of the family. He wants to adopt you into the family. How powerful is God's love for us? Paul tells us that there is nothing and I mean nothing that we can ever do to cause God to stop loving us. That's how powerful His love is. For I am persuaded that not even death or life, angels or rulers, things present or things to come, hostile powers, height or depth, or any other created thing will have the power to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Folks, Every day, we need to stop and give thanks for the power of God's love for us. A love that would send His own Son to die for us. A love that wants us to be a part of His family. So great is His love. So powerful is His love for us. So we need to be thankful for the power of of God's Word. The power of God's love. And the last thing that we're going to look at, but it's not the last thing we need to be thankful for, is this. Be thankful for the power of His salvation. Be thankful for the power of His salvation. And when you believed in Christ, He identified you as His own by giving you the Holy Spirit whom He promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that He will give us the inheritance He promised and that He has purchased us to be His own people. And then Paul says in Romans, for the gifts and the call of God are what? Irrevocable. Irrevocable. Folks, these, in these verses we find God's guarantee of salvation for all who would accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. The Holy Spirit comes to live within you. He is God's guarantee that you will, not might, not may, but will inherit the promise of eternal life with God. He is, he is the guarantee. You know what a guarantee is? It means this is going to happen. I guarantee it. And you know, God's guarantee isn't like the guarantees that we have here in the world. Have, you know, you got these one-year guarantees, two-year guarantees. Have you ever read some of these lifetime guarantees? As long as the company's in business, you've got the guarantee, right? I mean, it can go out at any time. Trust me, folks, God ain't going out of business. His guarantee is eternal. 
God guarantees because the Holy Spirit in you is the guarantee that He is going to come for you one day. And His gift to the believer of eternal life through Jesus Christ is irrevocable. No one, what that means is no one, not even God, can take it back. God can't say, oh, I'm taking it back. No, it's irrevocable. It cannot be taken back ever. But you know what? Satan causes us to think that we can do something, some sin that is so great that we can lose our salvation. That our sin is so great that it's greater than the power of God's salvation. Well, folks, if that's true, then doesn't that mean you can do something that is more powerful than what God is? And if you can do something more powerful than what God is, then we need to be worshiping you. Because that means you're more powerful than God. Satan would cause us to think that God's salvation is not all that powerful. Satan would cause us to question God's salvation. Satan causes us to believe that that God doesn't have the power to back up His promise of salvation to all who believe in Jesus. That's what Satan wants us to think. But folks, I want to tell you, that is a lie from the pits of hell, from the father of lies, to cause us to become ineffective in our walk with God. Listen to what Jesus has to say about the power of God's salvation. My sheep hear my voice. I know them. And they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will, what? Never perish ever. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given to me is greater than all. And then no one is able to snatch him out of the Father's hand. The Father and I are one. Now, think about the term, they will never perish ever. Think about what that means. What that means is this. There is not a chance in all the universe that someone who has accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior will ever perish. That's what it means. There ain't a chance in the universe. Why? Because no one can snatch a believer out of the hands of Jesus who's in the hands of the Father. And you know what no one means? No one. Not even the believer. Can't happen. Why not? Because of the power of God's salvation. Nothing, and I mean nothing, is more powerful than God's salvation. Now Satan again causes us to think convoluted things. He causes us to think that the sins in our lives that that God forgave us of and saved us from, the eternal consequences of, uh, can send us to hell if we fall back into them if we are saved. Well folks, come on, think about that for a moment. 
If that were true, if, you could, if they could cause you to lose your salvation and go to hell after you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then He never could have forgiven you and saved you from them in the first place. If they'll cause you to lose your salvation. How can that happen? It doesn't make any sense. And since God is an all-knowing God, don't you think that He knows that you're going to sin as a believer? So wouldn't it be a waste of His time and the blood of His Son to offer you salvation if any of those sins would cause you to lose it? Because how could God offer you salvation if He knew you would lose it? And if you could lose it, then there really was never any salvation in the first place. You never were saved. You never could say, I'm saved. You never could say, oh, Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. Save me from my sins. Yay, I'm saved. Tomorrow, whoops. No, you never were. If that could happen. Hear the promise of God. For who? Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now who is everyone? <laughs> it's everyone. Are you a part of everyone? Yeah, you are. Those of us on live stream, you're part of everyone. It's everyone. No exclusions. It's not everyone but Joe Smith. It's not everyone but Samantha Smith. It's not everyone but. It is everyone. No exclusions. And that phrase, will be saved. It's very interesting. In the original language, it means from that moment forward. You are saved. It's not for just that moment. Oh Lord, come into my heart, be my Lord and Savior. Yeah, I'm saved. And then one hour later you sin. And whoops, now you're not. No, it means from that moment forward. And you know how far forward goes? Eternity. That's what it means. It's not just for that moment. It's for eternity. So what does that mean to you and me? If God has the power to save you from your sins, which He does, then this, He has the power to keep you saved from those sins if you fall back into them or any other sin when you become a believer. You and your sins are not more powerful than God's salvation, period. Now here, I wish I had, I wanted to find an old mic because I want to do the mic drop right here. You and your sins are not more powerful than God's salvation, period. Now does that mean, hallelujah, I can go and sin and do what I want to? No. Because if you got that attitude, you might want to check your salvation. But what that means is that it lifts a load off of you when, I, when you do mess up. Not if, when. Trust me, when. I'm a preacher, when. Okay, I tell you all the time, you don't think I sin, just ride with me down I-35. Or get, in a, get with me in a long line at H-E-B. You know? Or get with me in the 10 and under line and somebody's got 20. You know, I just... Mm. We all, yeah, some of y'all got that. Some of y'all have seen in those 10 and underlines and y'all got 20. We need to talk. But anyway, 
We are saved because of his salvation, the power of his salvation. There's nothing you can do. There's no sin, believer, you can do that will cause God to draw his salvation from you. No, his salvation is more powerful than your sins. Again, when you do sin, it doesn't mean you go out. It just means when you mess up, okay, I'm good here. Thank you, God, for the power of your salvation. I don't have to worry. But I'm going to try better to live the way you want me to do. So thank Him. Thank Him. Man, in the mornings, do me a favor. When you get up in the morning, thank God for the power of His salvation. Thank Him for it. Thank Him that there's no sin that you might fall into that day that will cost you your salvation. And when you lay your head down on the pillow at night, right before you go to sleep, Thank God for the power of His salvation. Thank Him that there is no sin that you fell into that day that cost you your salvation. And folks, what happens is once we realize the power of God's salvation, it will free you from the guilt that Satan tries to put upon you for those sins that trip you up as you go through life. And in realizing the power of God's salvation... It allows you to live in, in God's grace, God's peace, and God's power. It lifts a load off of you. Thank God also that the moment you take your last breath here on this old earth and you enter into eternity with Him, it's because of the power of His salvation we can be thankful for the power of God's salvation so let's give thanks to an all-powerful God give thanks for the power of his word give thanks for the power of his love and give thanks for the power of his salvation and and, and let us give him thanks for for these Every day, not just today, but every day, because he is an all powerful God, because, folks, if he wasn't, we would be doomed. But don't stop with just those three that we talked about. Look for other attributes of an all powerful God for which you can give thanks and give him thanks for that. I will say today, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then I beg you to do so. If in your heart you know you need Jesus, if in your heart you know you need His salvation, then I want to tell you that's the power of His Word speaking to you and convicting you of your sins. Convicting you that you need Jesus. Because He wants you to know the power of His love. He loves you so much that He died as a sacrifice for you. That's love. He paid your price of hell so you don't have to. And you accept His love by accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And when you do that, you will then know the power of His salvation. A salvation that is guaranteed to all who would believe. A salvation that He has the power to accomplish. 
So I think there's a lot for us to be thankful for, having an all-powerful God. Let me ask you to bow your heads in prayer. Today, again, if you've never accepted Jesus, you say, man, I need to do that. I've messed up my life. If anybody here says, no, I've never messed up my life, well, lying's a sin also. We've all done it. We've messed up our lives. Sin has messed it up. And man, there comes a time when we need to ask for forgiveness of God. Say, God, just a simple prayer. Lord, I'm a sinner. You know it. I know it. And I need your forgiveness. And today, I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins. And today, I'm asking Jesus Christ to become my Lord and Savior. Today, I am giving Him my life. And today, I'm trusting in Him for my eternity. Now, if you prayed that prayer, again, if you didn't get all the words, that's okay. It's whether or not you really mean it. If you meant it, then I promise you, you know the power of God's salvation now. And you can't lose it. And we'd invite you during this invitation time to just step out into the aisle and just come down where I'm going to be standing and just come up and say, man, preacher, I prayed that prayer. I asked Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. We want to celebrate with you because you're part of the family with us. We want to welcome you to the family. But also, Jesus says that if we're ashamed of Him before man, He will not acknowledge us before the Father. Again, there's no such thing as a secret Christian. You live publicly for Him. So we invite you to come in just a moment. Maybe you're here today, believer, and man, all of a sudden you realize, man, look what I've got in my life and I never knew it. I've been taking it for granted. Man, thank you, God. Maybe you just want to come to the altar and give thanks. Uh, maybe there's something in your life you need to confess to Him. Maybe you need to recommit your life to Him. The altar's open if you'd like to come and pray. Maybe you're here today and you need a church home, a place to put uh, your membership, to become part of this church family. Man, we'd invite you to come and uh, be a part of this place as we try to, the best we can, to share Jesus. Whatever God's laid on your heart, do it for Him. Do it. And above all things, let's be thankful for an all-powerful God. Father God, thank You for Your Word. Lord, thank You for the power that You have. Lord, the power of Your Word, the, thank, the power of Your love. Lord, the power of Your salvation. Lord, thank You. Lord, may we as believers realize what we have in our lives and say thank You. Let's not ever take it for granted again. And Lord, for those here who, Father, they need to accept Jesus, or maybe just a little minute ago, they, they prayed that prayer. Father, I pray for them that You would give them strength and courage to come forward. And Lord, for whatever other decisions that need to be made, whether it's recommitting of life, maybe it's just to come down the altar to say thank you. Uh, Lord, whatever it is, maybe it's to be a part of this church. Father, I just pray that, Lord, whatever you've put on the hearts, that people would respond. Because, Father, this is your invitation. It's not mine. It's not First Baptist Troy's. This is your invitation for folks to do as you're calling them to do. So, Holy Spirit, may you find open hearts. May you find willing hearts. And may they listen.
to what you're saying. For it's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. We'd like to personally thank you for taking the time out of your day to hear our latest message. Do us a favor and send an email to outreach at fbctroytx.org to let us know that you heard us and what you thought of the message. Remember to visit fbctroytx.org to learn more about how we support our local community. Again, thank you for listening.